278th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or Super Podcasting, Apple Platform. You may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for you guys today. Going to have Chasey J on the show, one of the hosts, one of the co hosts from the PSO Sports Podcast. I uh, haven't had him on in a year. We have a great conversation. We dive into, uh, he came on the pod last year and he said everything would be fine. There'd be no issues with COVID. And then what do you know? We went into a whole pandemic. So I guess it's Chasey's fault. But uh, we talked about that. We talked about a lot of other basketball stuff. Uh, he gave his opinion on a lot of my NBA tiers that I did with my good friend Scotty Johnson last week. And we had some really good discussion. Talked about the Nets. Talked about some other NBA topics. The Jazz. Uh, so I thought it was a really good conversation. Also, being recorded from Buffalo, New York, as always. But what I'm going to do right here, right now, is I'm going to stop you guys. So I'm going to make this quick. Uh, so if this is your first time listening to the podcast, subscribe and follow right now. Also, what I'm going to ask you to do is share this podcast on your social media platforms, Facebook groups, Reddit threads, family, friends, etc. alike. Next, what I'm going to ask you guys to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, and I post 5 to 10-minute clips, audio bits of this podcast right here on there, as well as some NFL draft stuff, and uh, my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. Also, follow my Twitter, at NightTrain underscore Lane. I'll say it again, at NightTrain underscore Lane. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, do yourself a favor. Leave me a five-star review. Leave a great comment. And for some odd reason, if you don't have anything nice to say, then take a page of what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Chasey J. Kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk and we have a special guest back by popular demand who hasn't been on since well we went into a pandemic Chasey J from the PSO Sports Podcast how you doing man I'm doing good how we doing I, I am doing great so the last and, I, and we were just talking about this off the air and it's really funny so the last time you came on my podcast it was probably 12 months and change just about and you didn't think anything would get canceled. So, got to just talk about, like, just that whole experience 12 months later. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. You cut in and out the, a little bit. The, uh, the, just the experience from 12 months ago, you thought we were still going to have March Madness to the NBA's canceled. Uh, March Madness was obviously canceled. We wondered if there was going to be a basketball season. Uh, you know, the MLB was canceled. All these other sports leagues were canceled. Like, schools went out, businesses, like, everything. It was, I mean, the first thing that popped in my head, obviously, was that I was on your podcast and said that it was going to be fine. Um, so, <laughs> immediately, my friends are pulling up all all the clips of me saying that. And as soon as everything got canceled, everybody's showing me. But it was, that sucks. And that was rough. Going that long, I mean, it felt like we wouldn't have sports for years. And it's, I mean, even sport like baseball, which I'm hitting miss on, I've missed so much of baseball. I, I mean, the NCAA tournament is a, 
a global event, I feel like. Everybody calls off work. It's the number one day that guys get vasectomies because they can sit and watch basketball. All of it was gone. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I think we really finally figured out what makes sports amazing, and it's fans and it's the experience of just having sports. You know, it kind of it helps you forget about things. So I'm glad that we're back to normal. That's for sure. And even just the local boost, like it provides to a lot of these economies. Like it was, it was so crazy. Like we people were wondering if like the NFL was going to happen. People were wondering if college football was going to yeah. happen. Like, yeah. like the Big Ten, the, the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled their seasons. <laughs> like mm-hmm. at the start, at the start. Yeah, we had teams that were, you know, six and two going to bowl games, and four, three and one and stuff. It was messed up. It was crazy. Where, what were your thoughts as, because this was really a flashpoint moment for me when I was like, okay, this is serious, when Rudy Gobert got COVID and they canceled that game. What was going through your head then? I think, I mean, I understand the initial backlash that he kind of of got, you know, because he handled it poorly. He literally, he touched all the microphones in the door on the way out. Um, I was in shock. That I, I thought it was just like a parody thing. I thought this, there's no way this is real life that that dude had COVID and then just rubbed his hands on everything. I think he got a little too much, uh, too much heat. You know, I get why everybody can be upset with him and, and whatnot, but I mean, I think it was going to happen eventually. Somebody was going to get COVID. One of the big stars were going to get COVID, and they were going to shut down. I mean, do you remember the day it happened? And they were like telling fan like. They had that, uh, it was uh, Pelicans, Pelicans Jazz, I think. And they uh, were telling the fans not to like go anywhere in the stadiums and stuff. That was nuts. That was absolutely nutty. I, I don't think we'll ever, I hope not, I hope we never experience something like that again. But that was just, it was crazy times looking back on it. And, you know, it, and Rudy got the flag for it, but I think he learned a lot. It kind of fractured him and Mitchell's relationship a little bit, but now Utah Jazz are kicking, and I guess it all worked out, and he kind of he kind of learned how to be a little more mature from it. So I think it all worked out, and it was going to happen eventually. It had to move. So how did you like the bubble? I kind of want to go to that. So how did you like the bubble, bubble basketball? Man, looking back on it, I kind of think of I think of it as a negative experience, just because. I mean, it, it took a while for the guys to get back into in rhythm and everything, but nothing was better than turning on the TV and there was like five NBA games a day. You know, that was insane. I loved it. I love watching basketball, so anytime basketball is on TV and it's the actual season, um, I think that it's incredible. But I hope, just for the sake of the, the players too, because they obviously didn't have a good time in the bubble. I hope we never do it again. But I thought, I mean, we got some guys that came out and really played well in the bubble. Like Hero became uh, almost a household name playing in the bubble. And the Heat made the finals. And uh, T.J. Warren for the Pacers was, you know, the bubble MVP that everybody was talking. I'm sorry? He dropped 50. Didn't he drop 50 one game? Yeah. Yeah, he dropped 50. It was crazy. I, I like bubble basketball, but I hope 
that we can eventually just go back to, to full fans and we don't have to do a bubble ever again. But, but, but it was very fun to watch. And it was intense, too. Very, you know, you could tell these guys, they wanted to come back and play basketball. Do you think part of it, too, because I think the part I like about the bubble basketball is I feel like you saw, like, even a guy like Jamal Murray, like, you talk about Tyler Hero, my God, Jamal Murray, like, yeah. uh, I was like, where the hell did this come come from? I think he averaged, like, 30, 30 points a game on 50% yeah. shooting for the field, like, 45% shooting for three, 90% for, like, he, he became freaking Steph Curry out there from 2016 mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Like, he's just lighting people up, and he's just dropping 40, <laughs> like, night after night after night, and I'm like, where the hell did this come from? Is this dude one of the top 10 players in the league? But... I, do you think part of it why you, you, you saw maybe a higher level of basketballs because, right, like, they're in this confined environment. All they can do is literally think about basketball. Like, everything's so strict because of COVID. There's no women. Like, there's not, not, not drinking. Like, you can't go out. Like, it's literally just basketball. Like, they're not flying all over from different parts of the country. So actually, the, the the product might have ended up being better than, let's say, normally if there's fans. And obviously, you know, there's the home atmosphere and stuff like that. And if you, I mean, if you're a, an athlete, or at least you played sports when you were a kid, it's a lot different playing, you know, just like a simulated game or whatever where there's no fans, and then going out there and actually performing. Like, think about it for an NBA player. Like, they go from, I can't imagine how much pressure that they have to, they, they go through before they go to NBA games with packed stadiums of screaming fans that are yelling all sorts of stuff at you to, hey, you're just kind of just playing in the gym. That That's it. So I can see how it you could step up your level of play because you don't have that fan factor you have to worry about. And now home, home and away games didn't even matter. You know, there's no home uh, home advantage whenever there's no fans. So it's it's crazy. It, it was it was surreal for, for the moment, that's for sure. Yeah, and when you kind of mentioned that, like, that there's no fans. There's always, and like, if anybody plays sports, they can kind of relate to this. There's some people that, you know, when they played sports, like, you always had that guy on the team that was, like, really good at practice, but, like, wasn't nearly as good during the game. That was me. <laughs> so you'd be killing everybody in practice. Oh, yeah. I'll be lighting people up. I'll be tearing down the starters. I'm hitting fastballs over left field fence. And then I go up there in a game and strike out the sub kid throwing 60. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you saw. When you see guys like Tyler Hero, you see guys like Tyler Hero and Jamal Murray. It just come out of nowhere. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it's like, what? But but I do also think this. I think we were able to see, truthfully, who was the best team, right? Because when you're playing on neutral sites, everything's even. Like, you find out who the best team was. And you mm-hmm. saw how the Lakers just ran through everybody. Yeah. Anyway, we found out a bunch about the Clippers, too. Yeah, we were I think uh, as soon as the Clippers got bounced, I, I So you never get, but you know Miami did get six. Miami did take get two off them. Yeah, but I yeah, don't. Yeah, Miami played good a couple games. I mean, there's just so much pressure on guys that aren't at that level yet. Like Hero, Hero is a guy that 
you know, I can he eventually get to the level? Maybe, but I always think of him as just kind of like uh, a guy that sets up the stars and three. I'm going to be biased in a lot of my my takes here just because I'm going off the top of my head and only thing that's in my head is, is Celtics games. But, I mean, it has to be top three, top five, one of the best series I've ever watched. And I think what adds to it is the fact that I don't really, I didn't really care about either team. But they played so well together and they played, they went head to head with each other so well that it made that series amazing. I think that jumped it up a whole, to a whole different level and compared to especially the most series that we've seen. I can't even compare one. Maybe Cleveland Golden State. I think that was probably the last great series that I can remember off the top of my head. But Utah and Denver, they, they held their own, that's for sure. Yeah, OKC Warriors. I think that'd probably be up there too. That happened that playoff run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 3-1 comeback. Ironic. Now, if let, let's say like the bubble never happened, COVID never happened. Does Miami make the finals that year? Does Miami still do what they did at the box? Because they just ran through the box like hot butt. Like they just ran through them. Yeah, that's a tough question. I would, I think I would say yes. I think Miami, they got hot at the right time, and they got hot during the playoffs. Uh, but, I mean, I, I want to, if you just go through the East, you know, Boston beat Toronto. Like, Toronto, they, they really weren't even in the running. I mean, Boston beat them, and Boston was a good team last year. But I, I don't think Boston could have made it uh, to the finals over Miami. Miami was just a different breed. I think uh, Bam was really starting to come to his own. And I, I think I, I, I do think they would have still made it. And, I mean, you have the whole Giannis thing with the Bucks. Until they show me that they can win in the playoffs, I'm not picking them over anybody. But I, I think, yeah, I, I think I'll end up going with Miami, making it again. They, they, Jimmy just put the team on his back. He did what he, he told everybody he could do. He's a star. So, Utah, and I kind of want to go this now. So, you're not are, – are you a believer in Utah? Because obviously, right, I, I think, honestly, too, the play like Donovan Mitchell had, like them looking at themselves and being like, okay, we were one missed shot away from potentially, we saw what Denver does to the Clippers, to being in the Western Conference Finals. They come out this year and – Game for game, you know, they have the best record in the NBA. They have a better record than the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, uh, Nets. Well, a couple games, too. Yeah, like, you know, best record in the league. Uh, how shocked have you been and how much of a threat do you think Utah actually is? Uh, I actually just had a solo podcast that I talked about Utah. They were one of the main points that I hit on. And this Utah team, any team that kind of – Utah didn't really come out of nowhere, but – there's always one team that seems to do better than they should each year in the NBA, you know. And Utah is that team, but they're a good team. Like, I, you can't compare them to, like, the Atlanta Hawks in the 2010s with Teague, Horford, and Millsap. You know, you, they're not really the same, and, and that team obviously lost um, in the playoffs. I think this year especially, we need to watch out for Utah, and this Utah team's different. If LeBron and AD, I think LeBron will come back fine, but if AD doesn't come back healthy, that West is wide open. And now you're looking at Denver, which I think Utah, I think they could beat them. Utah's gotten better. Conley's actually playing good this year um, in comparison to last year. 
And then, I mean, you got Phoenix, who, I mean, if the eight, the big thing about Phoenix is if Aiden's out, which Aiden gets in foul trouble, they really don't have much uh, depth at the center position. And that, that, if they can get him in foul trouble, you know, that Denver, de- or that uh, Phoenix team doesn't really stand a chance. They got Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but, I mean, it, the West is open for Utah, especially, especially if, this AD injury, which is still lingering on and still, I mean, it's looking pretty serious at this point. Um, he might come back and not look the same. Or it might be an injury that lingers, you know. And if that's the case, I, I would take Utah out of the West. They got a good coach. And Donovan Mitchell, I think I think this is the year he can prove that he can be a superstar in this league instead of just a star. Well, I will say this. We've seen LeBron do it before. He did it with the Cavs in 07 with a bag of peanuts and chips, yeah. and we saw him do it in 2018, where J.R. Smith went through stretches where he was the second-best player on that team. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and they found oh, a way man, to get that, it done. Y'all know that team yeah. was a bad Cleveland team. That was uh, a... I think the thing is, too, though, I, we're in the West now. We're not in the East. You know, LeBron had a... He had that the first year in L.A. He didn't make the playoffs because he had a team kind of similar, similarly built to this one. And he just didn't have that second star. That team looks a lot different whenever AD is not on the floor. I think they could they could still it would be a good series versus Utah. And yeah, I mean you might be right there too because you never bet against LeBron James. You can't do it. But I I, I, I like Utah all the West though. I think they if uh, AD is out, I, I'd put money on them making the final. Well, I think AD is at least gonna go. I mean he might not, yeah. but I think he's at all least right. gonna go. Yeah. Because to me, like, how much longer does he need? Like, like to me, if he's not going to play now, then he's never going to play. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, quite literally. Like, when, when, when did he first get hurt? That was like what three months ago. Like, we have what, like yeah. a, a, a month a and a, a a month and a half. Like, I feel like they should kind of know like where this is at internally. Like, like, or or maybe they, they he needs surgery. Maybe he needs surgery. Because personally, for me, like, if if it's not. If it's not getting better now, then obviously something is is wrong. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he, let's say he comes back and AD's hobbled, he's seventy five percent of himself. Can they still get out the West? Is that possible? If there's only seventy five, if AD's only seventy five percent healthy. Can they get out of the West? Seventy-five percent. It's been three months. That's insane. That's that's a big red flag. And you're in the West now. This is going to be tough. And they are dropping in the standings. They're a five seed right now. You're going to have to go up against you know Utah's and Denver's in the first or second round now. You know you're you're going to be hitting these teams hard and really quick. And the West is pretty good this year. So I don't know, man. This is this is going to be an interesting year. AD comes back and he's not the same. And my biggest concern about all this is it's not necessarily they get out the West. I, I think maybe LeBron can, you know, pull a little something-something to get them out of the West. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The issue is once they get to the finals. Because if AD is not healthy, they will have nothing for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the, 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 the Nets might get the brooms oh, yeah. out on them. The, the Nets might get the brooms out on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I, I can definitely see that. Especially the way like Aldridge and Blake have been playing. I mean, geez, that team is just 
That team's amazing. Are, are, I, I love watching that team play. Are, are the Nets better than the, uh, than the Kevin Durant Warriors? I uh, also talked about this on my solo pod. You know what was crazy? I mean, you're definitely old enough to remember when the Warriors uh, first picked up KD. It took them about a year, you know, until we started seeing them play basketball that we've really never seen before. It was like, man, this ball's moving so quick. You know, they kind of had glimpses that first year. It seems like Brooklyn just came out. And as soon as they got all this talent, started playing like that. Like, they, the ball movement's insane. Bruce Brown is an amazing role player for them. And now, you know, Aldridge is doing post-ups, and they're also uh, running isolation ball, and they're just passing. They are doing everything perfectly. And they really remind me of that Warriors team. But the thing is, is we gotta we gotta take a step back. Another there's are there are some question marks, you know, with the fact that KD just came back and Harden's out, and they've only played together seven games this year. Maybe it looks different in the playoffs. And Harden has always been a guy that struggled in the playoffs. Um, but I would say, as of right now, watching them is very very similar to watching those Golden State teams whenever it was like, man, these guys figured it out. But but here's what I would say. When you kind of look at them, you know, they're coming together, but, like, even Harden, his struggles in the playoffs, Harden's going to be, Harden can go through stretches where he'll be the third best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a lot different than him being the guy. Exactly, yeah. Like, like, that's, that's, a, I mean, that's a, that's a point for uh, Brooklyn right there, too. I love the way Harden's playing this year. He's he's one of the most underrated players in the league, I feel like, just because everybody hates him. I mean, rightfully so, too. What he did in Houston was kind of unacceptable. But, man, the way that guy adapts his game, I've never seen a guy that can be a 37-point game guy and then the following year be an 11-assist-a-game guy. Like, that, he's unreal. He's unreal. Is he criminally underrated, you think, all time? I definitely, definitely. If they win, if they win two finals, I mean, people are saying that he, he won't even rank up there with like D Wade. I'm like, if he wins one finals, I might be putting him over D Wade. You think he, he might be better than Dwayne Wade? Yes. James Harden is something we've never seen before. He's the first guy to average 35 plus since Kobe. He's now he can't do it himself. D Wade did, but D Wade did it in L six. The league was diluted back then. You know that that. It wasn't the same thing. Who they play? I think they played Dallas in the finals. They like, did. Was, they did. They, they, yeah, they, they, they played on. Dallas. Like, and they're they're winning games eighty eight to eighty five. You know. I think it's tough. I, I think. <sighs> I think Dwayne Wade was obviously he was more of a freakier athlete than Harden. Yeah. Well, like, like Dwayne Wade, I think People could physically do things that I don't think Harden could do. Yeah. I think Harden just can score at will. Yeah. I think that's something, I mean, he can take over yeah. games. And, you know, D-Way was really good defensively. Yeah, Harden. Harden. kind of picked it up in that category. But I would definitely give the point to D-Way at that. But, I mean, think about it. They, they are kind of similar in the way that their careers are panning out, though. You know, except for the fact that Harden doesn't have a ring yet. Uh, D-Way was always a better second fiddle than he was as the main guy. And he kind of got lucky, you know. I mean, he also had Shaq. Shaq did pretty good in those finals as well. And, like I said, the league was completely different in 2006. Like, completely different. You know, I think James Harden could have won it on that Heat team as well. 
Do you think Harden, in terms of offensively, do you think he has an argument to be the best offensive two guard ever? And I know that's a lot because there's Kobe yeah. Bryant and there's Michael Jordan. Yeah. But if you're just talking about offensively, offensively because even if it's yeah, beyond Kobe, his career, I think his yeah. highest years is even above Kobe. And also, people forget about this. People mm-hmm. don't want to say this. And obviously, Kobe's a better all time basketball player. I'm not saying that. But when Harden was doing this, the Rockets were a top four seed. Like, when yeah. Kobe did that, the, the, the Lakers were, were struggling to get into the playoffs. Yeah, Kobe wanted to get traded. <laughs> so, so to yeah. me, it was a lot different. And, like, also, back to the point that I uh, made originally, name a guy that can average 37 a game and then average 10 assists the next year because he has a different role and he knows what his team needs to win. There's not, I mean, LeBron... But uh, LeBron wasn't even that high. I mean, he averaged 30, I think, one year. But LeBron's not averaging 37 a game. And then, I mean, now he can lead the league in assists. But offensively, James Harden is cri- yeah, he's criminally underrated. He's he's an unbelievable player. And I mean, everybody hated him too for how he got his points. Like he goes to the line. Don't you can't dog the player for that. Dog the officials. It's the officials' fault for saying, hey, you can go out there and flail around and that's how you get to the line and get free throws. If they tell you, if I'm taking a math test and they say, hey, uh, there's a cheat sheet next to your feet, but you, if you look at it, everybody around you is going to be upset. It's like, I don't care. I want to get 100 on the test. I'm going to look at the cheat sheet. Don't be mad at Harden for that, for the whole foul call stuff. Harden adapts his game better than any offensive player I've ever seen. He can be a scorer or he can be your assist guy. And that, to me, is something that I don't think we've ever seen before. Is Harden for you a top five player in the NBA? It sounds like you're really high on Harden. Does, where does Harden rank for you right now in the NBA? Man, this season? Yes. I'd put him three. Three? I'd put him still behind, still behind LeBron. Joel Embiid, I think, is just having a revelation. I think there's a lot more to come from him, too. That guy's... Uh, and he got hurt. Uh, and he's been, uh, he was out for a couple months. He came back tonight. He's... I really think they can make a title run with him. I think Brooklyn's in trouble if they meet Philly in the playoffs. I'd probably put Joel and B2 and then Harden. But, man, it's I think it's close between the three of them. So you think Harden's better than and somebody didn't. You didn't mention Kawhi Leonard. No, I, yeah, I'd take, I'd take Harden over Kawhi right now. Isn't that insane? That feels weird just saying. And- Kawhi's defense has kind of fell off a little bit. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit it, but Kawhi's a little slower um, than he used to be. But he's still the claw. He's still great. He can still give you 20, 20 plus a night. Um, but Harden's just in a better situation to be better. I mean, he's just in a better situation, you know, so he's going to look better. And I think right now, unless the Clippers make a run in the, the playoffs, I'm, I'm sticking, sticking my guns there with Harden. And you'd have him over ahead of Giannis, too. I think they they will go farther in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll take them over Giannis this season. This season, overall, I mean, I, I like the freak, but that team's just going to be unstoppable to beat. He's set up for. I mean, James Harden's set up to win. This is his best case scenario. This is like if Giannis went to play with Luca. You know, like those two together would be unbelievable. And guess what? Harden's in a situation where he has shooters around him, and he's got two unbelievably 
undoubtedly a Hall of Famer's next to him. He's just set up to win. He's just set up to win. I'm, I'm taking him third. So why are you so high on the chances that Philly can upset Brooklyn? The center question is, that's the big thing for me. I mean, Aldridge is playing well, but Aldridge isn't a very prominent defensive figure nowadays in his career. And they got Claxton. DeAndre Jordan is getting DMPs. Like, he's not even playing some of these nights. That's how, you know, confusing this Nets team is. And Joel Embiid, I think it's just going to eat them alive. And I think that's going to be a tough thing to stop when Joel Embiid's hitting jump shots and he's taking you inside. And this this 76ers team, they're looking good. Doc Rivers is doing an amazing job. He's unlocked something. And and Ben Simmons, I think he's defensive player of the year. You know, there's a lot of of facts. I think that could be a seven-game series. And I think it's a toss-up between the two of them. Everybody's saying, you know, run away with the Nets thing. But, I mean, there could be a point in time when, you know, like I said, they only played seven games together so far, Harden, KD, and uh, Kyrie. But... There could be a point in time where the 76ers are, are just bodying the Nets with size. Do you think Joel Embiid's ever going to go through a period where he's the best player in the NBA? Because his, his, his potential is so I tantalizing. I, I would definitely say so. I mean, think about it. If he would have finished out or didn't get hurt this year, which that's always a question with a lot of guys, but uh, Joel Embiid this year, would I think he'd be the best player. He, he's going to be the MVP. He had it wrapped up. Now it's going to go to Jokic. It's going to be one of those years where we kind of forget who we gave the MVP to, even though Jokic is having a crazy good year. But Joel Embiid, I think he's bringing back the center game, and I love it. I love it. I love centers. You know, he's he's incredible. I think, especially, think about this. Say Philly makes it to the NBA Finals. They beat the Nets. You know, they don't even need to win the finals. And Joel Embiid, is, and he finishes out, he does great in the series. You know, maybe they go six, seven games against the Lakers or whoever in the finals. And, you know, that season ends. I think you could easily say that Joel Embiid's the best player in the NBA. So it could be coming sooner rather than later. I think it's going to happen, though. No, no, no that, that's fair. I, I think Joel Embiid, he's, there's not a lot of dudes that size that can do what he does. And I, I just love how he destroys Rudy Gobert. Could you imagine the Jazz Sixers finals? Joel would be talking stuff every day. Oh my, after after all these games, he'd be adding them on Twitter. Joel Embiid would be putting up check numbers. It would be crazy. Well, he's still pissed that Rudy Gobert got NBA third team over him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, Rudy Gobert's the most confusing player maybe in NBA history. Charles Barkley brought it up, I think, on NBA Tonight. And he was talking, and he was like, I don't understand the defensive player of the year, the best defensive player in the league. Why does he get dominated by good centers all the time? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, Rudy Gobert's amazing defensively, unless he goes up against Jokic or Joe Embiid or insert any top five center, the Bam. You know, it's like, yeah, I thought about it. I'm like, he's got a point. Like, Rudy does get destroyed by these guys. Why do you consider such a good defensive player if he just gets bodied every time he goes up against semi-decent uh, centers. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come next to the break on Barbershop Sports. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA tiers. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Check with Barbershop Sports and we still have Chasey J with us. So recently what I did, uh, and I did this a couple podcasts ago, I did, I thought this would be a really interesting thing to do because a lot of times I feel like when we talk about the NBA, people always talk about who can be the best player on a championship team. So I thought it'd be interesting to kind of do a list of what players in the NBA currently can actually be the best player on a championship team, what players in the NBA can actually be the second best player on the championship team and what players in the NBA can actually be the third best player on the championship team. So I'll just read you my list, okay? Alright. So so then just tell me your thoughts. So, so I'll start with the guys, and these were like the ones. The guys that I think right now could be the best player on a championship team. Now it doesn't mean they can this year because based off their team, but I think they can. They are good enough currently. LeBron. Yeah. No arguments there, right, LeBron? No. Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty solid to me. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Luka Doncic. Ooh. James Harden. That's an interesting one. Ooh. You think Harden can win a championship as the best player? I think I think he can. Yes, I do. And I had Steph. Steph, so I wow. had six. I had six. So, I'll say this. The reason I had James is because my thing is, we saw him as the best player, and we saw them go seven games of the Golden State Warriors. He might be the greatest team we've ever seen in NBA history, and his second best player, Chris Paul, got hurt. Yeah. And that was an abnormal thing. So I think, theoretically, yes, I think Harden can be the best player on a championship team. Yeah, I, uh, logic, that, uh, that checks out for me. And then I had Luka. I think Luka can. I think Luka can as well. Now, Luka was the, the toughest one on the list, but I think he's good enough. Yeah. To where it's if, hard to tell with Luca too now since he doesn't really have any help like at all. They wanted the Kristaps stuff to work, but Kristaps is missing every other game. And now for some reason he can't play defense. I don't know when he stopped playing defense, but he's horrible defensively now. Yeah, I I, I, it, I, I just might be a little too early on the Luca thing, but I I think he could. I, he's super talented. Yeah, what's with Luca in defense? By the way, he he, he shouldn't be that bad. Luca? Yeah, he should be that bad on defense. He's, he can't. Like, even if you watch him when he has the ball, it doesn't really move very fast. But he's cerebral with everything he does. So I think it just doesn't translate well on defense because he's actually pretty slow. He's not a quick guy. And I guess he just really... He's got that European game thing where he, he flops and, and complains about calls, too. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it might be something you can develop. I mean, I mean, look at James Harden. James Harden, remember how bad of a defensive player he was back in the day? Like, now he's that's pretty true. decent at it. That's true. But you can be a good team yeah. defender. You can be a good team defender, and he's 6'8". He's not a small dude. Yeah, that, that's also very true. He, hey, you got a good point there. He's, he's, he's not like freaking like Isaiah Thomas, who's 5'9". Yeah, he's not a... Yeah, hey, Isaiah was a dog. He played good defense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, not, just not on Joel and <laughs> So, so that was my list for my top ones. So, for my guys that I had who could be the second best player on a championship team, I had Anthony. And, and I'll, I'll give you this. So, I had four guys on this list who I thought possibly could be, but I was like, ah, I'm gonna put them in the second tier. And these were the guys: Anthony Davis. Uh, okay. Nikola Jokic. I like that one too. Joel Embiid. And 
I don't like that one. And Giannis. So those are my four. And I had those guys both. Those were guys that, like, if you want to put them with the ones, I, I would be like, okay, I, I wouldn't argue too much with you. I wouldn't argue too much with you. What about the... What about Steph? Where's Steph at on the list? Steph was Steph Steph was in my number one. My, oh, he was in your number one. Oh. Yeah, LeBron, Kawhi, Katie, Luca, James Harden, Steph. But you don't think uh, Joel B can win the title this year? <sighs> that Texas team. I good. think. I mean, they're they're above the Nets in the rankings. I. I, I'm not quite ready to go there with Joel yet. I'm not quite yet to go, yeah. ready to go there. I'm not. I'm not quite ready for it. I, I I need to do and, and like I. I mean, we saw what Giannis did. Giannis tore up the league the last couple of years. Yeah, he's even he's playing than he ever has this year too. This is the best year he's ever had. I think maybe Joel could. I don't know yet though. I don't know yet though. I, I wouldn't be like, oh. That's how I kind of felt about Luca. See, for me, I just feel like I, I just value ball handlers more. I just value ball handlers more. Like, he can be the vocal point of your offense. Like, he's giving you 30, 10, and 10. Yeah. Yeah. I just like Joel just because he can give you 30 and 10 and then also stop everybody that comes in the paint. That, that, that is true. That is true. And I would have, like I said, I would have no problem if you, if you want to put Anthony Davis... The Joker, Joel Embiid, or Giannis in the number ones, I wouldn't argue too much on that. I just think, like, I guess my thing was, if you tell me that, like, Joel Embiid is your second best player, then I'm like, okay, you're winning the championship. Oh, yeah. Or if you tell me, like, Anthony Davis, we saw with Anthony Davis. If, or or for, for, like, Joker. If you tell me the Joker is your second best player, you're, pr- you're, you're, you're pretty good. You're, you're pretty good. Or yeah. you, if you tell me Giannis, or if you tell me Giannis is your oh. second best player, you're, you're living life. Yeah, I agree. But then I had a, another group of guys who were kind of in the, the the second tier who were kind of more true number twos. And these guys were Jimmy Butler. I Ky- like that. Kyrie Irving. Damian Lillard. Donovan Mitchell. Jason Tatum. He fits that perfectly. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Bam. I had Bam. I put Bam in there. Bam out of bio. All right. And lastly, I had Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, Cat. You know Cat's year six and still doesn't play defense? <laughs> but I think if, like, if you tell me, though, Carl Anthony Towns is your second best player. Like, for example, if you told me, like, let's say, I think ideally. Little, I don't know, man. He can do. He could do that in Minnesota if Velo was really good, and I'd still be like, oh, that team's not very good. <laughs> that is true. No, no, that is true. Cat leaves a lot to be desired. I I, I believe he, he has. I a, mean, he was. Cat was the second best player when Jimmy got was there. I felt like he was the second best player on that team. That team was bad too. They made the playoffs one time. But Jimmy. But then again, Jimmy. I think it's dependent. Like for example, like. Jimmy's a guy that I have in the number two, so you have two number twos. If you yeah. tell me, yeah, if you if you tell me you have Kevin Durant as your best player and Carl Anthony Towns as your second best player, then I think we're talking about something a little bit different, or like LeBron. Well, I got a tough one for you. Uh, what about Zion? Zion's in my what third. What tier would you put in? Zion's my third. Third tier? Yes. Zion's to me is the perfect number three. Perfect number three Man. right now. Perfect number, th- perfect number three right now. 
perfect. Yeah, he needs to develop. Yeah, I mean, his defense is bad. I don't know if you watch very many Pelicans games, but he's a liability on defense all the time. I've never seen a center that doesn't play defense as much as him. <laughs> That's Anthony Towns. <laughs> yeah, Zion. I, you know, people always talk about, raved about his defense coming out of Duke, and then it's like he just stopped you know, doing that. And I don't know if that's because I, I don't know what, I don't know. They're all out on stand. I don't even know why they have Van Gundy in there. That's a whole nother conversation. Oh my goodness. Van Gundy is easily probably the worst coach in the league right now. And that's sad. I love Van Gundy, but man, he's, he's bad. He definitely made this team a lot worse. But out of all those guys, is there, is there any uh, disagreements? I think you hit the nail. I mean, definitely, I like Tatum and Butler. I feel like they're like your poster child for that uh, that tier. I'm just trying to think about even how to add any more. I just, I don't know about the cat thing. I, I, I think cat could be a really good number three. Okay, so like a Chris Bosh. But, yes, yeah. Chris Bosh is a perfect example. But even, I mean, Bosh was pretty good defensively, too. You know, Cat just has a lot of, and Cat's got. I mean, it's a hard thing to break when you're on a losing team for a long time because kind of you get that like losers mentality, you know. And I feel like Cat might have that, but it's just like you know. And this is something I thought about when I thought about Cat and why I put him in my number two. Remember Pau Gasol? Remember how bad Memphis was? And then he got with Kobe. And then he got. And then he got with Kobe. And then he was second best player on that team, and they won some rings. I I think Cat could do that. yeah, that could yeah, that's a good point. Cause let's remember what Powell was at Memphis. Powell was doing nothing in Memphis. Well, I mean, look, look at the guys we're comparing them to. We're comparing them to Powell and Chris Bosh, and both those guys played amazing defense. Cat does it. But, that's, that, that was my big point. But can't he play? But he's young and he's athletic. Can't that be coached? Yeah, he's very athletic. Can't that be coached? Maybe. I mean, uh, usually you want to coach. He should be hitting his stride defensively right now, but he's not. If anything, he, I feel like he's regressed over the past couple of years. When he came to the league uh, with K, uh, KG on the team, you know, he taught him how to play, uh, get a lot of defensive boards. He got a couple blocks. He started doing well, and now, I mean, I feel like Jimmy rattled him. So, well, and also Dame. I had Dame on. How do you feel about Dame? To me, Dame's also another perfect second option. Yeah, I think he's he's good for that uh, that second or the third tier, right? No, he's in my second. Second tier, yeah, I like Dame. Dame's uh, he's a killer too. You know, he think about if Dame was on that Cavs team instead of Kyrie, I think Dame could definitely have hit that shot over Seth Curry. Like I, I could see Dame in that situation a thousand times. Like he's he's always been that kind of guy too. He'd be perfect in a, a, as a second star for somebody. Just be the guy that, you know, people kind of forget about until the end of the game and he hits the biggest shot. That, that could definitely be Dane. So now I'm going to give you my third guy. So this was my third list. And this, I had a lot of guys on here. So, Jamal Murray. Any, any, okay. John Morant. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I didn't even think about that one. Chris Paul. Okay. Devin Booker. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Ooh. Rudy's making a list. 
<laughs> I know, but it's the first time ever. Uh, Julius Randle. You don't know about Randall? Okay, so is he a four? Is he a four? No, I don't. Is he... Wait, what'd you say? So these are guys who can be the third. Can he be the third best player on a championship team? Man. I I really don't know. I don't know how he would play on, like, a really good team. He's always been on pretty bad teams. Well, well let's say instead of Brooklyn, instead of having Harden, they have Randall. Do you still think Brooklyn can win? Well, yeah, I mean, they got Kyrie and KD. So, yeah, I guess you got a point. But the thing is, is Randall, Randall's really good because Randall gets most of the plays ran for him. He's usually the guy on most of the teams he goes to. That's why Randall looks good is because Randall's, I mean, he's their only, he's one of the biggest offensive threats out on the court. No, and that's true. Not to be given OB top in any any (laughs) plays, especially the way he's been playing. That is fair. That is fair. Uh, ben Simmons. Okay. To me, Ben's the perfect. I think Ben could be a second guy. Ben. I think you, could, you could win with Ben Simmons as your second best player. Ben. Just ben. That what he does. Ben reminds me of this guy, and I, I think it'll be interesting because you're a Celtics fan. He reminds me a lot of Rondo. Celtics Rondo. Yeah, I like that. That's a good comparison. Like, he, he can't shoot, but he can penetrate. Really smart, really cerebral, good defender. Like, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of trouble. He reminds me of, like, that Rondo guy. And if you think about it, I mean, like, Rondo was, like, and obviously that Celtics team was really good. I mean, like the, they famously say they never lost the playoff series with their starting five. But, like, if you tell yeah. me, like, Ben Simmons is your third best player, like, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think <clears throat> I, I'd take prime Ben Simmons over prime Rondo, though. And that's coming from the Celtics fan. Well, I, I think, think also. That's what he does. Defensively, I think that's what it is. Defensively, yeah, the defense. Like he, I think Ben Simmons should be the defense player of the year this year. Like he can lock up anybody, anybody out on the court, and that's huge. Whenever you go in the playoff series against, you know, like a Giannis or a LeBron, like that's you can't, you can't even fathom how important that is to a team. Is I, that's why I think he could be a second guy. He definitely can't be your best, but I think he could be. Like I, like I said this year, I think him and Joel Embiid got a really good shot to win the finals, or to make the finals. Could he be, uh, defensively, do you think he, how close do you think he is to prime Kawhi Leonard defensively? Ooh, that's a really good question. Because the way he swallows up people on the perimeter, it's kind of similar. The way he'll just, like, like remember, yeah. I, I'll never forget this about Kawhi, I remember one time he was playing LeBron, and, and he just took the ball from LeBron like LeBron was a child. Yeah. Like, I feel like if anybody LeBron actually hated playing against, it would definitely be Kawhi. Prime Kawhi. Now Kawhi is kind of a little different. But are you you talking about just defensively? Yes, defensively. I think Simmons is close. Because, I mean, that that was the same thing with Kawhi. Kawhi would get switched on somebody, and Kawhi was always on the best player. And Kawhi, nine times out of ten, usually shut him down. And I, I feel the same way about Ben Simmons. I think Simmons is maybe, he needs a little more... Uh, proof in the pudding, I guess, where he does it in the playoffs. Um, but I, I think he's maybe a year or two out from being up to that level defensively. Yeah. Is could you argue Kawhi's the greatest perimeter defender in NBA history? Do you, I think him and Pippen. I mean, I mean, there's Jordan too, I, 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 or you wouldn't say Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. 
Jordan, Jordan was good, but I mean, I feel like Pippen and Kawhi were just kind of a different yeah. breed defensively. You know, Jordan was amazing defensively, and he was a very locked down guy. But man, I I, I think Kawhi and, and Pippen were just two different different breeds. Okay, number eight on the list was uh, Tobias Harris. As a third guy? Yeah, third guy. You think Tobias can be your third guy? Yeah, I mean, on uh, I wish I guess a good example to use is the Brooklyn example. You know, put Tobias on there. How would he do? I think I think you could win with him. Uh, Tobias is a he's a, he can knock down some good shots too. He's a really good scorer, and defensively, he's he's pretty good on defense too. Chris Middleton. Ooh. Yeah, Chris is in a number two. Middleton. Chris is in a number two for me. I'm so I'm out on that. <laughs> Chris is no, a number three. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm out on that. Just watch them. If anybody is arguing that listens to your show, tell them just to watch the playoffs for the past two years. Chris Middleton's not a good number two. Number, now, to me, I think Chris could be a like, and this is an example I'll use too. Like when Toronto won with Kawhi. You could argue, it's debatable who was their second best player, right? Lowry or Siaka. Maybe Middleton could be in that mm-hmm. situation where you have like this really good number one and let's say you have Middleton yeah. and I don't know who else, you know, you know somebody else you know, around that level. Let's say you have J- Jamal Murray, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe yeah. you could do that. But, but to me, he can't be like, every night he's your second guy. To me, that's not working. To me, that's not working. Like to no. me, if you if you switch out Anthony Davis, that. if you switch out Anthony Davis for Chris Middleton, LeBron is like, we need some trades, folks. Oh, goodness, LeBron's <laughs> leaving. <laughs> LeBron's going back to Cleveland. Well, no, 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 definitely not. Yeah, Chris Middleton. And, I mean, he just struggles too in the big big moments too, and that's that's not what you want from a two or like your second or third best guy. But, I mean, maybe maybe this boss will change it. Paul George. Okay. I like that. I, I like PG. I think he's a perfect three. I, I can't trust him to be a two. Yeah. I, I've seen too much now. I can't. No. <laughs> Especially last year. He kind of, he made me look very bad. Because I thought him on the Clippers was going to be perfect. They're Kawhi and Paul George were never going to let the ball even touch the paint just because they were such good defenders and of course both of them their defense kind of slacked off a little bit and then we got playoff P which we all know how that happened or how that went uh, is that second jump, jump ability where he jumps up and gets the offensive board comes down and then goes back up and just slams it home and his head's above the basket I feel like he's lost his second jump a lot you know since the, he's been injured a couple times I feel like he's not jumping as high. And that kind of worries me because that was, I mean, he used to destroy people on the boards. And now it's kind of like he gets, you know, seven, eight boards a night. He's not really a big rebound getter anymore. And that, that kind of, that worries me a little bit. Because it feels like he's regressing in that. I feel like he's a much better rebounder in college. So next I had uh, Jalen Brown. Can he be a three? Yeah, Jalen Brown's a, that's a, that's maybe, if I could pick one three in the NBA, I'd probably be Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's great. I'd I love that kid. I might like him more than Tatum, actually, just because he, his development, since he's came in the league, he's a 
smart kid, too. I mean, he's a genius. He's got a good head on his shoulder. He doesn't really cause any drama. And his development, I remember his first year in the league, and I was thinking, man, this guy cannot score at all. Now he's a 20-point-a-game guy, and he, he can hit some – he takes over games. Uh, and I've seen it a lot this year for the Celtics. They're on a 5-1 uh, run in the last six games. A lot of them, Jalen Brown taking over, and Tatum had a 50-point game, but that's not who we're talking about. Uh, I had to do a little humble brag there for Jason Tatum. But Jalen Brown, I mean, he's just – I've used the word dog a lot, but he's a dog. That dude, and he can shut down your best uh, your best player too. I mean, remember the, the series whenever it was uh, Cavs and Celtics went to seven games, and Jalen Brown was the one guarding LeBron James. And he was doing a pretty good job at it for being 22 years old or however old he was back then. So I, I like Jalen Brown as a three. That that's that's a perfect role for him. Hopefully the Celtics can get a a, a one. <laughs> we actually have a good team. Uh, look like a good team. Now next for me, and this one was a little bit tougher to do. Trey Young. Ooh, I don't like that. I think Trey Young might be a four. Is he a four? I think he might be a four. He's a four. I think he's a four. He might be a four. He's the Draymond. He might have to be the Draymond in the band. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. He might he might have to be the Draymond. I I don't it's tough. I come on, Trey Young? No. No. If if he was at least if he was at least league average defensively, I'd feel more comfortable. So you think he's more of a four, or like Boston Celtics Rondo, yeah. like in 08 when he was the fourth best no. guy on the team? No, oh, who'd you say? When Rondo in 08, Rondo, Rondo was the fourth guy on the team. Yeah, yeah, every freaking six four white dude that comes into the draft has to be compared to Larry Bird. Why does that always gotta happen? Why does every scoring uh, forward or guard have to be compared to Michael Jordan? There's a reason people stop comparing people to Michael Jordan because. <laughs> Jerry Stackhouse got compared to Michael Jordan. You know, Vince Kobe Carter. did, but Kobe actually lived up mm-hmm. to it. There's sometimes, every time, all these comparisons don't ever pan out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Shoot the Beat was compared to Wilt Chamberlain. Like, come on, man. Yeah, to me, you can't. Uh, yeah, I've never agreed with that. I, I've never agreed with that. Some people, they just transcend their era. Uh, how about, uh, so we're, on, we're okay with Levine. So Levine can be the third best. Okay. I'm fine with that. Sabonis. Ooh, that's a good one. Sabonis is a good player. He's he's you want to talk about underrated players? He he'll be up at the near the top of that list. Uh, you want to talk about somebody that could also fit a Chris Bosh type role? I think Sabonis would he'd be great. He kind of reminds me of like a, a Paul Gasol pre Lakers, you know, where he's just this underappreciated star because he plays in a small market. And I man, I love Sabonis, and he can score too. He's a a pest on defense. You know, he, he's contesting shots, and he can give you twenty and ten if he really wants to. He can give you twenty and ten. Like he's such a great player. I love Sabonis. I wish they'd move on from the whole Turner and Sabonis thing. 
still confusing. I don't know why Indiana's doing that. Yeah, that is very weird. They're probably going to have to blow that up. I think Indiana needs to blow that up. Personally. Yeah, they have to. After losing Old Depot and everything, I, I just don't see the point. I mean, but then again, they're still they're still up there in the uh, in the East. It's not hard to do that in the East. But to me, you have a bunch of guys still. in the middle of their athletic primes, and they're going nowhere. Yeah. Trade all those good guys for assets. They're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. I mean, Brogdon, exactly. Sabonis, Turner, you could, you could get TJ Warren. They're all nice, and, but you're not going anywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Levert is not fitting into that team very well either. I will tell you this. Maybe if they got a guy like, I hate to use this, as you say, Harden, maybe they could have a little 4 Pistons thing going on. No, they would never. The thing is, is they would have to, they're not getting anybody in free agency because it's Indiana. You know, and every all these stars are on one and done contracts, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. How, they would have to trade for somebody, but if they trade for somebody, you know, they're giving up the assets they already have. They're just in a tough. It's a tough situation. Maybe they get some LeBron. They'll get uh, Cleveland lucky with. They'll get some good guy coming out of the draft that grew up in Indiana. Who come play for the Pacers? But other than that, it's it's hard to keep stars when you're Indiana or Memphis or Utah. You know. How about De'Aaron Fox? Ooh, as a three? Yes. I like Fox. Fox was... He's electric. Man, I just... That one's hard, too, just because you haven't seen him in, like, a winning... A winning program. Like, he's never, he's never been on, like, a, comp, a team that actually knows what they're doing. Sorry, Sacramento, but... Man, that's a tough one. I'd probably, I'd probably take it just because I think De'Aaron Fox is amazing, and if he's put in a better situation, how would he do? And, you know, I think he's, I think he'd succeed. And Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, yeah, that's that's perfect, perfect for him to be a three. So I had a couple guys that I had on my list that to me just missed the cut, and those are the guys where. Draymond, I don't think Draymond's right now good enough anymore to be the third best guy on the championship no. team. You, I think yeah. those, I think Draymond's a four, and I think maybe ideally he might be a five. Quite frankly, yeah, he might be a five. Especially nowadays, yeah. Also, I would say uh, Brandon Ingram. I, I need to see a little bit more from Brendan, from Brandon, just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Brock. I think. I have Brogdon. Oh. Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon. I mean, look at. But he just he changed everything in uh, Milwaukee when he left. He he's a really good player. He's an underrated player too. That's a guy that impacts winning. Uh, maybe not for the positive benefits of Indiana, but he took a lot of wins away from Milwaukee. They needed him in the playoffs. And Shea Gildas Alexander, I had him. I like that kid. Man, he's he's good. I like him a lot. But yeah, I'll I'll probably have to see a little more from him. Before I give him a, a three spot, he might be a good four right now. That's where I'd set him at. So those are the tiers I did. Lastly, I do want to ask you this. So, can you explain to everybody why you don't like Stan Kroenke? Stan Kroenke, Enos, yeah. Enos Kroenke. Come on, man. Stan is he's the Antichrist of St. Louis. That's where I'm from. I'm from St. Louis. Stan Kroenke, and literally, we could have. Uh, 
Satan walk in and Kroenke walk in and people would take time to throw stuff at Stan Kroenke. He told us for years, we were supposed to, the Rams were supposed to get bought by um, the guy that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, Khan. He was supposed to buy the Rams. But Kroenke came in, Kroenke gave this whole big speech, how he's a St. Louis guy and everything, and he loves the Rams. And then what's he do? He hires freaking Jeff Fisher. It blows us up from the inside. And then a year later, after they move from St. Louis to L.A., during the Super Bowl, when we didn't even make the playoffs from 2005 to 2018, or, oh, jeez, it's been longer than that, 20, uh, 2015, we didn't make the playoffs. We didn't do anything for that long period of time. Stan Kroenke just wanted us to lose and kept telling us he wasn't going to move us. And then what did he do? He stabbed us in the back. He stabbed his own hometown in the back. He will never come to St. Louis because he knows people are going to be throwing bricks out their windows at him. Uh-huh. Stan Kroenke's a horrible human being. I've never wished negative things upon anybody. But if Stan Kroenke choked on his mustache, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> <laughs> How big of a football town is actually St. Louis? Oh, they're big. I mean, think about it. We had a bad team for, shoot, 15 years. But, man, like, I remember there was, like when we drafted Bradford. Oh, my God. Like, everybody talks about football. We St. Louis really loves sports. Like, even people that don't, like my grandma and grandpa, don't know anything about sports. But they turn on the Blues game. They turn on the Cardinals game. They turned on the Rams game. Like, everybody just watches sports, even if, you know, they don't like it, just because it's St. Louis. It's a really big sports town, and not many people realize that, I guess. Fan attending arenas in the NFL. But, you know, considered a small market, so. And, I mean, that was kept saying, too. Kept saying how fans were coming out to games. Well, Crocky, you hired Jet as a head coach. So, how do people in St. Louis, how do they feel about the, the Los Angeles Rams now? When they see guys like Aaron it Donald. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, you get, like, a couple of my buddies, my one friend really likes them. Uh, he, I mean, it's it's hard. You know, because we, the uh, St. Louis draft, Jared Goff, I think he was a, Ram, a St. Louis Ram. You know, and, like, seeing him kind of, he, he got better, you know, than what he was with us. But it, it, it was tough. The Super Bowl year, I'll tell you what, like, I've never rooted for the Patriots in my entire life, and I was rooting for the Patriots. And I think every single person in St. Louis was. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, you don't, you can't take it out on the players. You know, Aaron Donald is amazing, and, you know, I Aaron Donald. It's not his fault that they move, so you can't really, I don't wish negative success, uh, on the players, but Stan Kroenke's team never wins again. I'm not going to be upset. That is fair. I <laughs> so respect that's that. My I respect that. It's team loyalty. Chasey, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. You got to get me on more often. Oh, definitely. I, I, I definitely will. I, I enjoyed it. I definitely will.
And once again, I want to thank JCJ for coming on the podcast. I uh, really appreciate him coming on. I really enjoyed him having him on. Definitely got to have him on again. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 278th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. <laughs>